have a brief intro. A brief intro. Well, you are Wreck. Yeah. And you're Johnny. <laughs> yeah. We've known each other quite a while. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah, I suppose so. You've had some years away. I've been in Brighton all this time. But you've been away travelling around, staying in different places, haven't you? Yeah, I stayed in Wales, in my son was born. Oh, yeah. Lived, uh, yeah, lived a few different places, but always sort of returned to Brighton. Now both my children are down here. Yeah. My work's here. But we met back in early 2000. Yeah, I suppose it must have been. And I always say that the first time I heard of you was through Mex, when he had that Black Grass record shop. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, because he was saying something about the shamanic. Yeah, you were looking for some shamanic information or something. Yeah, I just got into it. Had you not been to America at that point? No. I was about to go. 2005 States and Mexico so, did, did you find what you were looking for? I did, yeah I, um, In Mexico I had a great experience No, no uh, psychotropics mm. um, Even though that was I knew it was a sort of big part of it um, I didn't do anything I fasted for 11 days That's a long time water only uh, which yeah got me into a really deep process and give me a deep realisation and you were uh, entering the non-duality well yeah I've been looking into that since the mid 90s maybe hmm. Ramanam Pahashi uh, the path of self-inquiry, that's what I was looking at. Right. Um, now that oh, stuff is known um, under the uh, name non-duality, which is a translation of Advaita, which means the same, same sort of thing, not two. Right, yeah. mm. it's, um, it does come out of a kind of Hinduism type thing, but actually it's it's not a religion, it's more what they call a path of liberation. Um, and it can be applied to any anybody else's path. It's just a way of looking at things. Yeah. Would you say it's got any sort of spiritual element? Not, not really, no. no. Not, not in the way that I've heard you talk about spirits. Yeah. There's, there's no... There is no subtleties. And there's just no. Um, it's just a. It's practices and. Um, you basically explore your uh, own consciousness as you see it. Yeah. You're just uh, looking at and observing. So it's, in a way, it's quite scientific. Yeah. Which is much like 
what the Buddha taught, his main teaching is uh, the systematic path to Nibbana. Yeah. Which means looking deeply into, well, the passionate looking into the nature of reality, stripping it right back, seeing how it comes into being, the causes. Yeah. I do hear you talking about spirits, so how does that come in? So the subtle uh, materiality when you start... So I wasn't really meditating um, when I was interested in the shamanic path because I had a sort of a, a thing happen when I was in my 20s. Yeah. Whereby my consciousness, my I shifted. Uh, I took a, a certain amount of drug, drugs, and I was ripe anyway. And then it, it um, I had this shift, and I went right out, as in you know, to a to a, a subtle realm. And I couldn't ground. It took me years to ground back into this this realm. I was always quite uh, spatial without having a grounded element within it. Yeah. So I was, you know, um, they call it uh, in Taoism, uh, the practices within that, they call it your uh, Shen is scattered. Yeah. And that's what it was like. My spirit was all over the place. I couldn't ground it. Yeah. It took me years to get it to ground. Um, and then I sort of had a real pull into meditation then, and that's where I learned all the grounding practices, especially with Qigong and the like. So I had this ability to, to go into subtle really easily, but into a strong grounding practice now. So that's what my teacher would teach. His path definitely involved shamanic, first of all, and then Buddhism came out of the healing practices. And it was in Buddhism where he found his attainment. Yeah, I, I went straight into meditation, really. Yeah. Just, I th think I needed. Which is curious, but then I, I, I was born into a kind of Catholic background which didn't really seem to be doing much for me and um, when my dad died we abandoned Christianity pretty much there's a lot of sort of dogma and just sort of I don't know a lot of stuff that didn't seem to me to be anything to do with um, spirituality or whatever didn't really relate to me so I had to go and look for something else. Yeah. I got into just ordinary meditation, meditating on your breath and things like that. Yeah. And walking meditations, even in the earliest stages, I've always done walking. Yeah, I remember seeing you walking around town, very uh, conscious of your, of your walking, mm. which was, yeah, really, really cool to see. 
but then when my life was quite hectic. Yeah. But yeah, you came into the shop. Yeah, you said it. I don't really remember, but I was hanging out with Russ Rockwell back then. Yeah. Um, so I might have well, might well have come in with him. Yeah, he was a bit of a trainer fun. Yeah. Uh, but I remember you coming in on you came in on your own. I'm sure you did, and you you stood by the doorway, and I went to say hi to you. I think we we'd met DJ in that little club. Oh yeah. And I came to say hi, and I said, um, oh, I had a dream about you last night, mm. and you invited me to dinner. <laughs> and you said, well, you better come then. <laughs> I just laughed. Yeah. So that's, that's one way of, uh, of doing it, I suppose, the dream yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, and you had that place on Gloucester Street. Gloucester Road. Road, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I sort of, um, I don't know, I, I got out of meditating actually for a while. Did you? Yeah, for maybe 10 years. Oh, wow, that is wild. Why was that? Um, I'm not, not entirely sure, mm. but it sort of coincides with me doing my kind of muse work, as I call it. Yeah. Having a muse, painting a female figure. So it was as if I came away from a kind of uh, more rarefied subtlety into studying the world of form and beauty. Yeah. Because in fact, the, when I was doing the self-inquiry thing, that was, um, in a way, it's a bit dry. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. You're just looking and trying to understand something. Yeah. It doesn't really have a heart in it, but it's just necessary. It's like a path of discernment. You're, yeah. you're trying to see what the separate elements are. I've heard that about um, there's a there's a guy who teaches Vipassana called Goenka, and I've heard that that can be a very dry approach to the Vipassana practice, mm. inside practice, which can be very dismantling in some ways. I mean, it's, a, it's meant to dismantle the ego, uh, but I've heard it can be a very dry approach, so a lot of people will get put off by this dryness to it. Whereas in white Buddhism goes down to, there's always side by side, is Samatha and Vipassana. The Samatha practice are the nicer, you know, focus your attention, uh, doing maybe art and things that will create a loving vibe to your to your practice, mm. a concentrated practice. Yeah, and that was basically what you were going into with your painting. Right? Yeah, I think so. It's as if I kind of invented it myself. I, I, it came out of necessity. I didn't really know what I was doing or whether it was even a, a practice as such, um, or at least a spiritual endeavour or anything like that. I didn't think it was. I just right. thought I was just loving this female form and and basking in the kind of feeling of beauty. Yeah, a very grounding practice. Yeah. I think that was definitely key. Yeah. If I hadn't done the meditation period before that, I wouldn't have had an, uh, put any 
value maybe on being grounded. Yeah. But the grounding in that is obviously that the image images that I was making was based on a a physical person, a body, um, <clears throat> and all of the responses in me that kind of yeah. echo along with that. That's it. Which also I've heard you mention before, tantra. Yeah, well, that's um, since I got last year, last year I got fully back into this thing, listening to YouTube videos, Rupert Spira talking, and his teacher Francis Lucille. They're both talking about the path of self-inquiry, where you're going inwards and um, saying. We're trying to discern which bits of you is the truest bit mm. and saying not this or not that, you know, so you sort of say, I'm not my body, I'm not my mind, you know. What 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 am I then? Yeah. So that's the first part. And then the second part you come back out and you the tantric element of it is that you start to feel your way into the world yeah. and into relationships with other people. And that comes from a base element within the chakra system we'd have tantra in buddhism uh and so it's gone a bit breezy <laughs> it's not thunder it's <laughs> a bit windy uh yeah so in tantra and buddhism it's um a chakra system so uh, we're starting at the base much like you were doing in your own practice I think even in that, there was an eroticism in working with a muse, mm. which is undeniable. It is, I was painting nudes and things like that. But um, a lot of people get confused in that. They, they think, oh, it's all probably, it's just all about sex, you know. Mm. But actually, you can't sustain that as a, as a focus. So what happens is your energy starts to move upwards. And I was yeah. definitely conscious of moving it away from my lower... Yeah, abdomen. <laughs> yeah, up into a heart zone. Yeah, and you go through. So the chakra system is base, uh, sex, and then you get into the um, solar plexus. Yeah, which is within the tantra's sense of self. Um, so any sort of sense of self has to be worked through before you can get to the heart. Um, so in your case, would that relate to this uh, element of somebody else being the magic that you can express? Yeah. It's you, but it's not actually you. Well, there's obviously, it, it is me working through all of this, so mm. it's to do with the muse who is an actual person, but then again it's to do with the muse, which is the the bit in me that needs to be understood yeah and that is kind of um, seen as a kind of create creativeness and a kind of bliss joy love those types of feelings that's what the the muse work is all about for me yeah Which would be worth talking about in depth yeah. at some point. The 
that's where we came back. Is it lockdown? Where we started hanging out again? Yeah, you were... Yeah, I don't quite know how that happened. You just started parking up in Queen's Park, didn't you? And yeah. I was already going to the independent pub there. Yeah. That's how we started hanging out again. Yeah. Yeah, there was a brief time when we were hanging out in the pub and then lockdown came along, wasn't it? Yeah. And we go in the park. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's it. Drive around. Yeah. Get some snacks and beers and... In a land yacht. Yeah. Yeah, and then the pub opened again. It's yeah. Back in there. And I'd sit and you'd paint. Yeah. And I'd sit next to you and we'd just sort of have this sort of, almost like an old man vibe in the pub, wasn't it? We didn't have to say much. Yeah, we didn't. Other people were rabbiting on and trying to come up and <laughs> engage us in junk conversations. <laughs> Yeah. When there was worth something talking about, it yeah. came out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I started actually using the pub as a, as a busy place to practice meditating in, or at least contemplation. Right. Just because of all the action, you know. Yeah. All the people coming and going, trying to see how. Uh, uh, sitting in non-dual awareness how all of those things appeared mm. just trying to figure it out and I was I was pretty hard at it for a few weeks um, and then I just started looking for the edge of awareness and I couldn't find it so then I, that basically collapsed a load of stuff in me right Yeah, you can't. It doesn't have any objective qualities, so you, you can't. Um, there's no boundaries between things yeah. in your own awareness. Which is awareness. Mm. I mean, you say my awareness, but yeah. it's just awareness. Yeah. But Perceivable from your point of perspective. Exactly, yeah. So there's awareness per se, and then there's me as a little bubble floating on top of it or something. Yeah, so <laughs> But through deeper and deeper uh, focus, you that is seen as just the momentary arising of phenomena. Yeah, I think I saw myself as being one other aspect of things in, in a world. Yeah. My body, someone else's body, the pebbles on this beach, it's all within that. Yeah. So in that sense, there's no difference between all of the things, all the objects and phenomena. 10,000 things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's what they say, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm sure there's a few more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple. 10,013. <laughs> What's that? Uh, that was, yeah. 
towers of this. from there I'll have to redesign my art practice a little bit to sort of make it work for to transmit um, to try and make it transmit this feeling of awareness in it so that it seems to be the only thing worth doing with the art yeah. Still via my muse. That's become like the, the visceral aspect, yeah? Yeah, that's because for me, I could paint abstracts, maybe that would represent awareness, but it wouldn't work. No. Because it doesn't give enough information. You need to actually be led from a physical to a non-physical, if you want to put that way. Yeah. Yeah, it has to go through the process that you went through, right? Yeah, well, it it would have to because that's the process that I understand because I did go through. Yeah. So that's my story or angle or path up the mountain. Yeah, yeah. And that's how the, the muse relates to your path and how you were first of all meditating mm. with the non-dual aspect and then when that was too dry it needed this a more sustainable practice for you yeah. which would have been for others as well right if they go about it they might have a practice within the framework of non-duality there's a different Paths within that. Yeah, yeah different ways. Uh, different people need have different needs. Yeah. So I approach through. Oh hey, rumble. Um, through beauty, light. Yeah. Light and beauty. Some people go through purely through knowledge. If they already have um, plenty of done plenty of heart work, maybe. Yeah. They need to balance out with the knowledge aspect, the knowing. And then other people go through just a feeling of expansive love. Or pervasive. Mm. What's that one called? Has that got a name? Um, that's Bhakta, isn't it? Right. Which is a devotion. Yes. Where you posit a personal god or something like that or a figure yeah it's similar to the muse thing yeah it's the same thing really but in the muse thing because it's um a visual art it's beauty and love mixed together and the love practice is that's the, the bhakti yeah, that's, that's devotion. What it. Yeah. What was the other one you said just now? Sorry, I got, I got. Well, I think the beauty. Yeah, well, that's like the nama rupa or the name and form. So you're you're looking at the form and, and names of objects in the world and 
and then feeling, seeing your your way into equanimity with them. Right. And that is the feeling of the same as the feeling of beauty when you when you've gone out, gone past or superseded the ne the need for the name, which is what gives it its separation. The form actually is uh, seen with the eye of beauty then. Right. Which means that there's no separation. Yeah. So that's what the ultimate goal, the non-dual thing, is uh, seeing that you're not separate. And there would be love, beauty and... Knowledge, yeah, knowledge. just through knowing, yeah. Right. It's quite simple. It's uh, interesting to withdraw from the objects of the world that the world is made of and then find a way of sitting in the realm of just feeling. Feeling, experiencing and knowing. Without the need for to posit separate identity to all the things that you see. Yeah, get it.